Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for bringing us into this place in community where we can can praise you, we can worship you. We pray that you will open our eyes, open our ears, open our minds and our hearts that we might hear and understand the message that you have for us today. And Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to another week of our sermon series, which we've referred to as His Story. Each week we've been looking at some of the better, more well-known stories of the Bible in chronological order to give you more a sense of God's story and how it's found within there. We started at the beginning, the very beginning, with creation. And we've moved forward from there. And you know, we have been looking strictly because we moved forward from there. We've been strictly in the Old Testament. But we are just about ready to move into the New Testament. We're in our last few weeks of of the Old Testament. And if you know your Bible, the end of the Old Testament has the prophets. So we're spending a few weeks in the prophets. And that's a wonderful place to be as we're preparing for the season of Advent. I hope by now, as you've been here for these weekly stories, even though we joke about jumping 200 years each week and looking to see where everybody is at any given time, that there has been an underlying message in all of it, that our God is compassionate and he's merciful and he's a God of second chances. But what he requires of us is faith and obedience. We've seen that over and over and over. And this week is no exception. Earlier in our series, after we got through all of the Genesis stories, we, we talked about Moses going to Egypt and leading the Israelites out of Egypt and wandering in the desert for 40 years before they found the promised land. And Moses was no longer with them when they entered the promised land, but he was with them for the 40 years. So they, they escaped their captivity in Egypt, and here they were in the promised land. And that was about 1450 B.C. And then each week we've, we've sort of engaged with the lives of his people after they found their promised land. If I, were to go, if I were going to name a theme for today's sermon, it would be a theme of tearing down and rising up. Our story this week takes place at about 600 B.C. And it's, it's nearly 900 years after the Israelites got to the Promised Land. I know you all remember a few, a few weeks ago we talked about the prophet Samuel 
and his talk with God because the people there wanted a human king. And God said they don't need a human king. His plan for the Israelites was that he would be their king and they would prosper. And he said if they get, if they get a human king, they will be taxed, their best husbands and sons will be taken for the military and killed. They do not need a human king. But they insisted, we want a king. So God relented, and that's how they got Saul. And then David. And you know, there were a series of kings. And it didn't work out very well. A few of them were, were good, obedient kings, but many of them were not obedient. They were self-serving, and they did evil in the, the eyes of God. And as we approach the time for our story today, they have a king, and his name is Zedekiah. And he was also was not a good king. He was not obedient. He rebelled against God. He rebelled against Babylon. He rebelled against lots of things. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he started his reign. And when he was about nine years into his reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon made the decision that he and his army, the army of Chaldeans, were going to conquer Jerusalem. So King Nebuchadnezzar brought his army and they surrounded Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is a city, it had walls surrounding it. It, it was walled off. They surrounded the walls and allowed nobody in, nobody out. In effect, sealed the city off. The result of that, after an extended time, was that there was a famine because there was, there was nothing for the people to eat inside those walls. They couldn't get out. Nothing was being brought into them. They were starving. They were desperate. And so they... Zedekiah and his army, they hatched a plan. They found a place where they could breach the wall and get out without being seen, without being caught. So one night under the cover of darkness, that's what they did. Unfortunately, it did not work out well for them. Uh, Zedekiah, the king, was captured, and his army that was with him all scattered. They left him. They scattered. They were gone. The Chaldeans brought Zedekiah to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they passed sentence on him. Now remember, he was only in his early 30s at this point. And what they did as part of his sentence was they forced him to watch while they executed his two young sons. And as if that wasn't horrific enough, the next thing they did was they took Zedekiah and they gouged out his eyes. In addition to being cruel and horrific, can you even imagine that this man had no eyes, no way to see, and the last thing that he ever saw the most vivid picture 
that he would recall for the rest of his life was the picture of his sons being killed for his actions. Well, with no king present, they they then took Zedekiah on to Babylon, and he was a captive. He was gone. The army was gone. So with neither a king nor an army, Jerusalem was there ready to be taken. Well, they went in. The Chaldeans went in. They burned down the temple. That would be the temple that Solomon had built centuries earlier. They burned down the houses. They rounded up the people and took them into exile, except for the ones that they killed. They knocked down all of those walls surrounding Jerusalem. There was nothing left. Jerusalem was decimated. It was done. Then they went and they they found the couple priests that were still at the remains of the temple, and they they took them out and they executed them. Then they went back into what was left of what used to be a city and they went to the temple and they took everything of value that they could take with them. Gold, silver, all the altar supplies. They talked about, the the lesson talked about two pillars, this pillar being 18 cubits tall. 18 cubits Well, a cubit's about a foot and a half, so 18 cubits would be 27 feet tall, made out of bronze with gemstones on top of that. They took everything. Jerusalem was no more. This was a time when God had not defended his people. You know, we've heard in the stories week in and week out about him defending his people under the unlikeliest of circumstances. But in this time, because over and over and over, these people had been disobedient, they had not honored their covenant with God. It had been prophesied to them, you must repent. You must turn away from your disobedient ways or Jerusalem will fall. And they either didn't believe it or decided to ignore it. And so here we are. There is no more promised land. They have been evicted and Jerusalem no longer exists. Of course, we must remember that God's plans are bigger than man's plans. He has shown us that over and over again. And as a spoiler alert, you will see in a few weeks that the the temple is rebuilt. But at this point, there was absolutely nothing. Now let's step away from that for just a second. And let's look at the gospel lesson for today. The gospel lesson for today is during Jesus' ministry. So we're 600 years later. The temple has long since been rebuilt, but it is being used. People would come from all over the place to make sacrifices at the temple. And so it was a, it was a good, lucrative business, so they didn't have to bring their sheep and their oxen and their doves or anything else with them that they could purchase an animal when they got there. That sounds, you can equate that with some tourist things we see today. You don't have to bring your own. You can uh, buy your beach towel here and that sort of thing. 
But that's what, and, and Jesus came into this temple and he was outraged at what had become, that his father's temple had, had become this open air market with the money changers and people selling. And he, he fashioned a whip from cords and he chased them out and he overturned the money changers things. And, and he, he was just on a tear with these people. And the Jews questioned him about his authority. What was his purpose in doing that? And he replied, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Well, of course, the Jews didn't understand. They're looking at it and saying, it took us 46 years to build this temple. What's he talking about? He's going to rebuild it in three days. But that's not at all what he was talking about. He was talking about himself. He was talking about his body. And when he was later crucified and then resurrected three days later, the apostles remembered that he had said that about raising it up again in three days. And that helped them to believe the scriptures and believe the word. Today is the last Sunday of our church year. We call it Christ the King Sunday. That's why you see white here instead of the green that you've been looking at for the last months. Next week, we will begin the season of Advent. And so all this white will be replaced with purple. And Advent leads us, of course, to Christmas. This story from today is falling into an interesting place in our, in our series and in our church year. Because as we end this church year, we have heard about the tearing down of the promised land, the eviction of the Israelites. They are starting from scratch. They had... No more promised land. Jerusalem is laid to waste. But we also heard Jesus' message of hope in the resurrection. Advent is a season of contemplation and preparation. Preparing ourselves for the coming of the Christ child at Christmas but also preparing ourselves and anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. I know many people that just consider Advent as the joyous time when you have your little Advent calendar and you get a new piece of chocolate every day and, and Christmas parties. and We have all those things. But as Christians, we are called upon to take this season that we are moving into to rest and contemplate and prepare. So as we consider this new season, let's think about what we've learned about God in this series so far and what exactly he is asking of each of us about the choices that we make, about who we are following, and about his desires for our lives. It's time for us to revisit that. And let's do that as we move into this new season. Let's pray. Dear Father, 
Thank you for your word. Thank you for reminding us that you are with us. You walk with us every step of our day, every day, every week. Lord, as we think about this lesson today with the fall of Jerusalem and also with the message of hope from Jesus, help us to know with no uncertainty that we are your children, that you are with us, and help us to keep our eyes trained on you as we leave this place and as we go through our week. Show us what you would have us do and help us to prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, and prepare our families for this upcoming church season. And we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.